0: Hello, this is Ben Seidensticker, one of your hosts for Uncommon Council. I'm here with Sam. Hello. Sam's our other host. We are a podcast about the Madison Common Council meetings. We digest those meetings, however long those are, and we bring them to you in a bite-sized package that you can enjoy. Does that sound like a good idea, Sam? Sounds accurate. Uh, And we finally are here in the month of July, so we're not skipping a whole month. Yes, we're, we're back on the wagon. We've got our tea, uh, we've got our, our cats are yelling. Everything is aligned perfectly for us. So, uh, since that sounds like a good idea to you, we're gonna keep doing it, Sam, all right? We're gonna keep going? Yep. Agreed, okay, excellent. Well, uh, the big thing from this, uh, meeting was that it was an in-person slash hybrid meeting. How do you feel about that, Sam? Yeah, July 12th, 2022, That's Common right. Council comes together in person. Um, I th- back. So my biggest visual thing about this mm-hmm. was the, the camera they have at the Common Council office it is much better than your typical webcam. It's spiffy, yeah. I saw some people for the first time, I think. They were looking like, sharp. They are looking, everybody's dressed to the nines. Uh, you know, uh, Alder Bennett had like really dark sunglasses for part of it. Uh, that was something I remembered for people the way they were dressed up. Uh, let's see. Um, that was mostly it. And then the classic, like, oh, that person's taller than I thought or shorter than I thought. Yeah. It's like what you assume. Yeah. Everyone looks a little different. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, it was hybrid some of the holders were not there i wrote down sounds like who was it benford harrington mckinney and carter um and i i enjoyed and foster right or oh foster. evers oh evers you're right you're that mixed up i liked how they had them projected on the wall behind satia just yeah. kind of overseeing Satya. like wizard of oz style exactly yeah. that's how everyone should be projected yeah so very, um, yeah, being able to oversee the meeting. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm not sure what their view was. I Maybe they were just getting the same feed we were. I bet it was the live feed, which was pretty smooth. It was able to jump between whoever was talking in person or whoever was on the Zoom meeting. So. Yeah, somebody was really on it for that, so that's good. So if, if folks are still interested in watching the, the YouTube streaming feed of the Common Council meetings or you know, watch it later, it's a good experience. I'd say a little bit better than it used to be in mm-hmm. a way. Yeah. Maybe it's a little extra production value in there, but it was good. Um, yeah, there was a little extra, uh, what I think of as like Satya story time tonight, Like just explaining processes now that they've changed to be in person again. And the good quote from Satya for uh, recreational activities post common council meeting. Yeah, whatever it was. Uh, somebody was asking, what was it? Oh, can we like... Take a picture or something after the meeting, it was pretty innocuous. And then she came out with this thing that really sounded like they're all gonna go get hammered at like Wondos or something. <laughs> like Yeah, my first like, thought was how old is Alder Bennett? <laughs> yeah. Can you drink? What what is there? Yeah. I'm I bet she's twenty one, but Yeah. At least. Uh so uh, yeah. There were there were recreational activities after common council meetings that used to happen once upon a time. Yeah. That's that's how I that's my Satya voice. I hope everyone likes that. Yeah, uh, so that was, it was a nice vibe. And I don't know if it was mostly that, but things moved quickly. It was a little over two hours of a meeting, so. Yeah, really efficient. Really efficient. They It wasn't like they had a small number of items, and they even had a little disagreement about them, so they figured it out. Yeah, good benefit for you for uh, being middle in your Shakespeare shows, so. Oh, yeah. They, they took an easy week on you. They did. They took it easy on me. They could tell, hey, he just came out of tech week, and opening weekend. He could use a break. So they left something short enough that I could definitely watch it. It was great. All right. Um, so something we usually pull out here, so the mood of the meeting. Uh, this is something that kind of defines the meeting a little bit or sometimes just like a recurring theme. Uh, I think we both pulled out like the same thing of the phrase a solution looking for a problem can you tell me about that sam i think uh there was some disagreement on a couple of proposals mm-hmm. and uh, so i think alder ever started it calling a proposal a solution looking for a problem yeah mm-hmm. in, in reference to the uh we'll talk about it later but some of the self was it the I think it was the self-evaluation, self-evaluation forms, yeah. Um, and that was rebutted by our older Harrington McKinney calling a light ordinance a solution looking for a problem. Yeah, I mean, yeah, you'd have to be, there's no way to do that unintentionally. You have to be aware of that. So it was a deliberate, like, you know, jab. And, and I think not in an opening blow, she was responding to what probably felt... Needlessly combative. It was, it was a little poppycock, you might say. A little poppycock going on. But yeah, I think if you are trying to cooperate with somebody, I don't think you need to characterize their proposal as a solution looking for a problem. I think that's just always going to be, mm, it's just never going to lead to a productive discussion afterwards, Yeah, I would say. Um, so I was a little, I, I definitely, it stuck out to me when he first said it, and then when uh, Alder Harrington McKinney was like, bringing it back later, it's like, oh yeah definitely hurt some people. Didn't jive with her. Yeah, yeah, did not jive. Um, yeah, not something you would do in your normal relationships. Don't use that as a, a resolution tactic to explain to them that they are uh, just looking for, <laughs> looking for a problem. Uh, speaking for, of looking for a problem, Sam, it's time for, I don't know, fan favorite section, wrong answers only. Yeah, we decided to keep the solution looking for a problem theme going. Um, so for the wrong answers only, we'll go back and forth, but the wrong answer only for today is, uh, I only have curtains on my first floor. I don't and, have curtains on my first floor. Bob. Oh, you don't have curtains on your first floor. That's very different. How many floors do you think I have, Sam? At least one. At least one. You are a very careful person. I can tell you, um, you know, I've programmed something in, in your life. Yeah. Um, so how would you solve this problem though, Ben? well one way would just be to paint the window instead uh it hasn't i'm ai i'm not gonna deny it has a downside that i would have to repaint it in subsequent years but you know that's something i could deal with that's it's a good option um i was thinking of something a little more permanent though paint Uh chips uh maybe just build a wall outside kind of a privacy wall that's about zero inches from your window okay a little more permanent blocks out the neighbors makes it so you don't have to watch them as they're going about their days. Yeah, I'm gonna like get some Amontillado, like stock up, and then just wall myself in. Mm-hmm. That sounds great. Mm-hmm. I love it. Um, actually, Sam, uh, the best solution is uh, th- this. Isn't even a problem. I should just be really like charging people and selling tickets to this this obvious, amazing show. It's like an avant-garde show where you watch a person uh, watching common council meetings and. Playing video games and juggling and uh, trying to frantically memorize Shakespeare lines, and then that would—that's—that's that's my avant-garde show that I'm selling tickets to. That's a good way to make a little bit of money out of it. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Okay. Well, actually, Ben, I think yeah. um, going a little bit off the wall theme, but there's a lot of nim- where there's a lot of nimbyism Sometimes we talk about on this podcast. Uh-huh. People don't like when high rises come up right next to their house. Right. Well, go anti-nimby and invite a high rise right next to your house block out the sun no fear of seeing anything uh, just have it a few feet away that will stop all the sun from coming in so i build one on the sidewalk is what you're saying if you want to really be a true yimby yimby let's all let's all embody our inner yimby and uh build a build a high rise in the middle on, on the middle, on the middle yeah. of the road yeah in the middle of the road um, yeah, that, that road is not a major thoroughfare or anything like that. It wouldn't be blocking, like, an iconic view of an iconic building. No, that'd be fine. Totally. Let's do it. Um, actually, Sam, uh, the... I, I don't know. I'm blanking. I think you got me, Sam. You got me. I was running out of my wow, ideas, too. Well, you too not lie show. about that. Yeah. I support lying. Yeah. Um, you know, lying for good. All right. Well, that was wrong answers only. Now we figured out... Have we learned anything, Sam? Did we learn anything from that? I think curtains might be... Cur- wait, wait, wait. You're saying I should buy curtains that fit the space that I need to, you know, make opaque at certain times and not opaque at other times? I think so. Low yeah. investment, low low risk. It, yeah, that seems fine. Okay, got it. Well, uh, in that case, we can move on. I, oh, I was going to bring up just like, an item for myself. I subscribe to the blog for my alder, Alder Brevere. So I, a lot of the alders have blogs. I don't know if they're required to, but many of them do. And it's a great way to get notified about something going on in your district. You'll, I get a little email whenever they post something about that's, that's happening, some change coming up. So if there's going to be like I don't know if they're gonna do like a sidewalk resurfacing or they're gonna redo a park. You'll probably hear about it and be able to prioritize those public hearings and, and you know air your grievances about it at an appropriate time instead of waiting for the common council meeting where they've basically already decided what they're gonna do. Yeah, um, yeah. There's a there's like a senior center nearby where I live uh, near the Cap Center Market. They're gonna be redoing that area, so they send out surveys and proposals. I will say the survey annoyed me quite a bit because the way they framed the questions just seemed to be looking for certain kinds of answers. It was like they they outlined the proposal and had little diagrams and somebody clearly worked hard on that and then the way the question was there is like just, you know, list the parts of the proposal you like. And it's like keeping the trees or <laughs> adding more benches and uh, they might. It seems like they'll just get a lot of data that they could tell any story they want to tell from it, basically. Yeah, 100% of people who responded liked something. Right, you just call out the things that people did like about it and you could just quietly drop the other stuff. It, it just feels a little fishy. And they had two proposals, so you had to list what you liked about each of them, but they asked the exact same question. So it did, in my mind, it made it hard to contrast the two. Like, I like what they did differently with the trees on this one. something like that so i found their survey questions annoying Mm -hmm. but uh enough being negative that was uh mostly one to call out for people that if you haven't looked for it and you're interested in staying more involved that's a really low effort step you can take look up your alder on the madison common council uh, site and subscribe to their blog you'll just get notified about things that they want you to know about all right other local news um, there was something I was watching I subscribed to the uh, Madison city government YouTube channel that's how I get these streaming mm-hmm. the, the streamed uh, meetings they had a, a short little news conference about uh, that was hosted by Satya but the the county so again, County was doing this but they're expanding. Uh, women's reproductive health services in a direct reaction to uh, overturning Roe v. Wade. So that was very encouraging to see. Yeah, is that something you'd heard about, Sam? It was relatively recent. That was news to me. So that's exciting that trying to expand those options. Yeah, I'm not sure what their methods are for getting word out. So it's probably news to a lot of people. So if that's something that's new to you and you live in Madison, uh, that's uh, you can look it up. We'll have in our episode description a link to the full list of resources they provide. Uh, it was hard to pin down exactly what their expansion of services did. I know previously they were doing like access to like condoms and other um, you know pregnancy prevention tools. They're offering like uh, a, uh, sexually transmitted disease testing, things like that. but specifically they're using this money. One of the things they're doing is long-term pregnancy preventions so, like, IUDs and and methods like that. So helping people out with that. And expanding their hours of service as well. I have one piece of local news also, a little bit of follow-up. So last podcast, I talked about the Universal Basic Income Program. Yeah. I was actually wrong. It's guaranteed income. There's a a minor difference. So yeah, tell me about the minor difference. Uh, Universal Basic Income brings you to a level of guaranteed income. It's just cash, which you are guaranteed to get regardless of your financial status, so if it changes. Interesting, that distinction was lost on me. I'd always thought of universal basic income as working the way you're talking about guaranteed income working. But they had 3,500 applicants. That was the other piece of news, so. And only what, 150-something slots? Something like that, yeah. So, Okay. a lot of demand. A lot of demand for guaranteed money? Yeah. All right, that just means Madison's full of smart people. You go, Madison. Look at that, Um, okay. So, so what? What is the the takeaway? It? It's just it's a better deal than somebody might have interpreted if they had some other understanding of what universal basic income is. Right? Yeah, yeah, I think it's a slightly different. So it's just it's not a bad thing at all. Yeah, <laughs> definitely still a good program to get involved with if you can. If you were one of those thirty five hundred people who applied, very cool. And hopefully that does well and, and moves forward. All right, uh, Silent But Deadly. Oh, well, there wasn't that much on there that went through on the consent agenda. Again, Silent But Deadly is our segment talking about the things that go through on the consent agenda that don't get discussed, so they're silent and they might be deadly or important. I don't know. Uh, what? Anything stuck out to you, Sam? So I didn't see the Pickleball Pro indoor courts so that you commented on. I called that out for you. But I feel like that should have been an honoring resolution. <laughs> yeah, an honoring resolution? I know you... You're a big pickleball fan. So yeah, there was an alcohol license for an indoor pickleball court. So it's like pickle pro indoor pickleball. Say that five times I Pickle pro indoor pickleball court. Yes. Mm-hmm. Oh, get, a P- wow. get a PBR yeah. at the pickle pro indoor. <laughs> uh, pick a PBR at the pickleball pro court program parking lot parking lot no 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 alcohol in the parking lot most likely oh yes yeah that's probably in the alcohol license uh, that's a trick question that gets a lot of people <laughs> just want the alliteration to keep going i do yeah um excellent so yeah i did want to call that out for your benefit Thank there you. are also some birthdays in the, on the common council so on the the 16th and the 18th so eric paulson uh and olive benford yeah brian benford brian benford brian, brian benford okay right i just because I used Eric Paulson's full name, I decided to. Had to be fair. Yeah, had to be fair. Um, yeah, so they both had birthdays this weekend. Yeah, and I also had a birthday this weekend. Yeah, happy belated birthday. Thank you, Sam. Feels good. Feel feel old, in a good way. We're all aging, every yeah. every minute. Mm, it's ticking away. Got um, yeah, five hundred twenty-five thousand six hundred minutes again. Um excellent. Well, that's the silent but deadly section. I think it may be time for a break. Our other co-host is making us feel that way, I think. I'm making her presence known. Uh, anything else you want to cover? I think that's all we got for the first section. Okay, we'll be right back. And we are back. This is the second half of our Uncommon Council episode about the July 12th Common Council meeting of Madison, Wisconsin. I'm still Ben. Are you still Sam? I still am. Still Sam. We All right. Played and with our co-host a bit. We played with our co-host a little bit. who really needed some attention. Uh, it's, it's an important thing. You've got to be attentive to other people's needs. Um, some people will be very vocal and describe those in great detail to you. Some people, what they kind of expect is for you to be paying attention and, and be attentive to their needs in that way. Uh, so yeah, you know, we can all just use our communication skills and observe that and communicate it too. All right. Uh, well, Sam, now that we've had that interlude, uh, should we talk about some of the discussion items? Yeah. Get into the, the meat of the meeting. Yeah. Do you want to start us off? So, the first thing we had was the Common Council um, voted to not implement a Common Council harassment policy, um, or at least they, they referred it until an August meeting. Yeah, or October. October, I yeah. Yeah, everything got referred to October, which made me feel like, oh, that's so long away from now. And then I was like, no, it's really not. Summer's that's almost over. a couple months. Yeah. Yeah, they, uh, they had a big, long discussion about the differences between... Uh, putting on file with and without prejudice, which were helpful. Those are helpful distinctions. So what what is the difference between with and without prejudice? So putting on file with prejudice means that there, it's not that it's impossible to bring that item up again, but there is going to be a defined time frame. And I think you, as a body, you get to define what that is for yourself. But like it's a Robert's Rules of Order concept of... There's gonna you can't just bring that up every meeting. Somebody can't be like kind of petty and like every meeting introduce a a topic to like make themselves king of the city or something like that. So when you put it on file with prejudice, it can't be brought up again for a certain amount of time. A little bit of a we absolutely do not want this. It's a it's a slap in the face, really. So putting on file without prejudice could be a polite refusal still. It doesn't mean you're wanting to do it, but oftentimes what they mean is that they are still working on it. Whoever draft the sponsor drafted up or the committee working on it. Um, you know, they might be still working on it. They're going to propose a new version of it at a later date, but we haven't referred it to a specific committee and we haven't referred it to a specific meeting. Yeah. But the other options might be to send it to the CCEC, that common council executive council to send it back to the common council in a few months or to send it back to a specific, uh, Subcommittee, yeah. yeah, I've I've honestly never heard them play something on file with prejudice. So it was a little surprising that this was the time where they brought that up. I, yeah, I think that was mostly as a in contrast. I don't think anything was actually uh, in danger of experiencing some prejudice as a uh, as a proposal. But they often will say putting on file. So yeah, and I know yeah. some older – in other meetings um weren't quite sure of the meaning of the two mm-hmm. like, thinking with prejudice is just it needs major re- rework without prejudices it's pretty good in its current state yeah um so I, I know that was actually one thing that came up um as a reason so i wonder if that was just they figured it needs a major re- rework in the next 60 days mm-hmm. and then it can come back to us yeah it's so. probably not a bad shorthand for it, uh but Theoretically, if it's an important enough topic, it could come up at the next meeting and it could still need major reworking. Yeah. So that, that can still be true. So uh, what's wrong with – why did the Common Council not accept a harassment policy? Um, I've, I've got my notes on this too. but Yeah. I mean I know they were kind of arguing about it. I think some people were feeling that – nobody was claiming it wasn't needed. It was just they felt it wasn't ready. Like it still needed to cook a little bit. And there's a lot of a lot of cooking metaphors used, I think, by uh, Alder Eric Paulson, who maybe he's a chef, I don't know. He he comes from tech, so saying we need to let this bake a little bit, something I can very much see some a software developer saying, or gosh, gotcha. it's a way of is it kind of like saying bring this back without pressure? <laughs> <laughs> it's saying we're not confident in this right now, but maybe mm-hmm. give it a little more time, think about it, then bring it back. Got it. Got so. it. Yeah, he. I know some of the concerns were. It, I think people are in general agreement. The policy is fine, mm-hmm. uh, but the enforcement of it. So if you are deemed not being respectful or not yeah. being civil, who's the arbitrator? Who's going to say you you did that? And then are there any um, recidivism programs mm-hmm. to that to, or training to help you? Resolve. Oh, right. Yeah, there was a discussion of like, where are all the resources? I'm not sure if this document needs to be this, the list of all the comprehensive resources available. But that seemed to be what several the elders wanted. Yeah, I I tend to lean towards, you know, adopted as a body. It's like the Hippocratic oath of try to do good. And I don't think there needs to necessarily be a stick. Um, yeah, I say that, but then maybe an elder calls the person of the public the C word. That did happen, yeah. Yeah, well, we're referring back to. And it, it. It, it did seem like there were sticks. It's more that there weren't lists of like read this, uh, you know, bulletin that explains strategies for not being, you know, prejudiced in this certain way. Mm-hmm. Um, so that that seemed to be what people wanted. I, I think those resources, hopefully, those resources evolve pretty rapidly, and there's or like there's a, a group of people that you can go to or something that or some concept of continuing education for elders which right i don't know if that has to, in my mind i don't know if that has to be codified that said like yeah i'm you know, like of a, a privileged class so like i should i don't know, I, I feel like i want to be a little more hands-off with weighing in on that yeah it, it was kind of an odd contrast for some other things we're talking we'll talk about later where the reason to not pass this was to codify more but for other things, the reason to not pass it was it was too codified. Ah, yes, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Something too prescriptive. So yeah, it really it just means that people will justify whatever excuse they want. Hmm. I will say some of the direction they were going, there was one specific draft edit that I noticed from the form was that between version one and version two, we moved from having the president be one of the mediation steps to having the chief of staff be a mediation step. Yeah, and I think their concern with that is the chief of staff may not have time, but I can't imagine that many cases come up. And maybe, maybe there's a lot not. going on. Yeah, like, yeah. yeah. And, and honestly, like, I'll say it this way, like, the chief of staff's time is going to be wasted one way or another. If people are, are snip, sniping at each other in the meeting, that's wasting the chief of staff's time. Maybe this just gives them the power to actually resolve that conflict <laughs> Yeah, outside of the meetings and, and kind of force the issue a bit more instead of letting it just froth over and turn into like basically political parties, like yeah, like snapping at each other. Yeah, and I, I think that would definitely be some fear of you know some yeah. other faction in the all like in the common council can decide. Mm-hmm. Oh, this isn't civic, and we're going to reprimand you for this mm-hmm. when it's just disagreement. But right, and it. The the most dire consequence listed in one of the drafts, so not something finalized, was being removed from office. But that would take a three quarters vote of the entire common council. Yeah. So, fifteen people would have to want you to go. Yeah. And feel that was justified. It feels a lot more when you say fifteen out of twenty people. <laughs> well, yeah. yeah. I I can I can reduce fractions, Sam. You are not the, to brag. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, you're that bad of a colleague. Yep. Yep. Um. Yeah, that was, so that's, that's going to bake a little, we're going to expect to see that again in October. So I was to a meeting in October and we'll see more of that. I, I'll say like, we, we talked to Reese a few weeks ago uh, about, and had an interview with him and his recommendation for the comic cast. So that was the number one thing he brought up was they need to have, I don't know that he envisioned it as a code of contact, but they need to like respect each other. Yeah. And agree on how they're going to, that they're going to treat each other well, which Man, that that really came through to him just in his limited exposure to them. Because I don't think he's as obsessively watching the meetings as we are. If that came through to him already, I think it's a big problem. They should. Um, so Satya actually gave a shout out to Alder Benford. Mm-hmm. So they should just make the Benford rule for He's very good at addressing everything to the chair. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> always, always talk to the chair. Don't target your colleagues. Just talk to the chair. And I feel like that's why he comes off as so respectful. Even if he's very against whatever policy is being presented to him, it's very respectful about it. That's a good point. And I, yeah, I mean, some people, they, they literally say chair, but you know they mean something else, right? And yeah. they're like, and I think he sincerely is addressing the proposal and the point and talking about it. And it sometimes comes off a little odd. Like, why is he doing it to the chair? Obviously, this question's to, not to the person, but yeah. it, it, I think it does help. Mm-hmm. make it more cordial so yeah it's a thing that uh i I've, I've seen like lampooned in the wire when they're briefly flirting with that have you seen the wire Sam? i have not watched the wire okay you I mean, didn't reveal that information to me before you became a co-host with me but uh since you already are i guess i can't hold that against you now It's all, i i hear great things about it uh, you're you're gonna hear more great things from me about it it's a great show uh, but yeah they, they flirt with it a bit on the wire episode Of uh, that's pretty funny of people trying to figure out Robert's rules of order and apply them. Yeah, I, I think that's listening to some of the newer mm-hmm. council groups is always just a lot of the, paddling through trying to get Robert's rule of orders down. Yeah, yeah, I feel like that would be if you really wanted to wow people as a new alder, if you just had that down and knew how to make a motion, that would be great. Yeah, I. I mean, I've watched a lot of this. I've thought through, like, and I have a copy of Robert's Rules of Orders. It's very tedious to look through, and it's a lot of searching through the index for phrases, but I would still not feel super confident that I was getting, like, the motions right. Yeah. Or, and, yeah. like, fluently, too, just getting it in time and step. I, right. I kind of do and it. And knowing, like, who's going to propose the motion. The vice president will usually, I think, but, like, for, for a lot of the, the items it's like the mayor the vice president yeah and some the president has certain rules that they usually fill i don't know if by convention or it's codified that way yeah not 2 a.m in a six hour meeting <laughs> yeah so and then yeah and you're, you're like you get three hours into a conversation i bet you can forget to address the chair there it's like clearly i'm talking to this other person this is the you know opponent keeping me from going to bed at a reasonable hour yeah yeah absolutely um, well, I think I've talked that to death. I will get to revisit it again in October. Um, anything else you, other thoughts you had on that? No, I think we can jump on into self evals. Self evals. So, yeah, the, the uh, individual committees, the, there was a proposal basically to let the individual committees or give them self evaluation resources. I, I think, it was, yeah, it would have mandated they do a self evaluation at the end of every meeting was my takeaway from it. it. Yes, I heard that part of it as well. And then somebody at one point, I forget who, but I agree with them quite a bit, was saying like, we should just make this available and let people do it on their own. I would love that. And it's just like people who have a strong need for it or want to like bring up a concern they have, they could just say, if like only one person on the committee wants it, then you have to do it. Maybe something like that, right? So if somebody is feeling excluded on their committee, they make the whole committee do the self-eval. Yeah, and, and I mean, the committees do have um, their own ability to organize themselves. Mm-hmm. You know, they, they've got a lot of flexibility. So it could be a recommendation of here's this form because the Board of Public Works sure. is the one that's currently using this form actually. Okay, so they made their own. Yeah, and they so they're big advocates of it. They think it's helpful for them. Um, and just for context, this form is a self-evaluation can just rank the meeting on a scale of one to five for various questions, and they'd fill this out at the end of every meeting, apparently. Ah, one to five scale. How do you feel about one to five scales, Sam? Um, This is actually a thing brought up as a thing against this meeting. People have different views of it yeah. one to five. Actually, I'm looking at it now. It, you could argue this is a zero to seven, or zero to six. I think the not met and the fully met are scales. So one is supposed to be not met? Yeah. Okay. Cause like I'm seeing it not met, one, two, three, four, five, fully met. Okay. So those are just indicating directionality. It's still a five point scale. Yeah, and I I very so on a five point scale I, I might give something a five. But I will if it's a ten point scale, I would never give something a ten. Really? Yeah, I will only do nines or eights. Never tens. You have to like really exceed expectations to get a ten. So like the avant-garde performance I'm doing in my front room without a curtain has to be excellent to get a ten. It would have to be, yeah. Like if it was good, it'd get a four. Okay. If I saw, if it would on a five-point scale, yeah. If there were fireworks, okay. I'd give it a four. Okay, fireworks indoors. Indoors, yeah. And if you had, I'd have to rethink that. If you had indoor fireworks successfully, I might give that a five. Okay. Well, and what's success for that? Is it is success fireworks doing what they're made to do, which is burn things down? Well, it would have to be launched and not burn things down. That would okay. give it to the that's five. That's success. Yeah. Got it. Okay. Maybe I don't understand how fireworks work. Well, that's the point. Otherwise, it's a four. If they do what they're supposed to do, it might be entertaining as a four. Got it. Okay. Okay. My so, blowing is five. So we're sounds like on five. So. You Do you prefer a 10-point scale? You're just acknowledging that you won't use the whole thing ever. That's what I'm saying. And that's why people are against these scales as a self-evaluation form at the end. Yeah. Because you're going to have people like me who are just stubborn about the end of it. Right. Yeah. Five-point scales, I feel, can get really distorted. If anybody is really avoiding the extremes, then they just have basically a three-point scale to work with. Yeah. You're going to kill yourself trying to get me to give you a five. Right. And it's just not going to happen. Yeah. I, yeah, on both five point and 10 point scales, you have to actually be really good to get the highest mark. Cause I want to, I want to leave space for it. I mean, we just went, I don't know. I think I can talk about this. Yeah. We just went through an audition process for our improv troop and we were trying to use a five point scale for it. And it was just very tricky, like trying to assess people on different criteria of their performance. It's already art. So it's hard to evaluate that, but like, How do I know what five is going to be at the beginning of the day? I have a whole day to see. It's Mm -hmm. really tricky. And that's why people are against these forms. Anyway. (laughs) Because there's, yeah, there's just, it's hard to interpret the actual data from it. Right. I mean, I would say, yeah, somebody is definitely mistaken if they try and take this, put it in a spreadsheet and draw conclusions from it. The same way I was worried they were going to do with that survey data about the Madison Senior Center. Yeah. That park area. It's like I know what's going to happen. It's somebody's going to use that data to justify whatever narrative they want to tell. That's what I feel in my heart is going to happen. And so this is why the common council voted against it because for some groups it's great. Like they use it just kind of a self check: Are we meeting our goals? Mm -hmm. Uh, In other groups, they're going to try to crunch the numbers and say we're the best subcommittee in Madison because we got a five. Oh, because we self evaluated to five. Yeah, that would be people who do that annoy the heck out of me. Um, yeah, I mean, I think the usefulness here could be just the binary, like, do we have anybody assessing on one as a self eval of of the committee, you know, not about themselves, but saying that their committee is not, you know, respecting everyone, everybody's not participating or something like that. Yeah. And some of these are, did you feel like you were able to express your opinions? Were you interrupted? Um, So yeah, if you do a one on that, that's probably a concern to resolve for the next time. Yeah. Well, Sam, do we have time to do a seven question self eval form for ourselves? Yeah, I think we could I think we could. Okay. Are we talking about today's episode or how the whole podcast is going? Let's let's do today's episode. Today's episode. Okay. So oh right. We're we're self evaling at the end. Got it. Okay. Near the end. Okay. Well, I'm gonna start. I'm gonna ask you the first question and I want your five point scale answer. All right. Okay, first question. All members actively participate in discussions, and all members have opportunities to voice opinions positions on agenda topics. Well, I know um, I, I said I don't give out fives, but that's a five, Ben. That's Cause, five. Because you are talking, I'm talking, and Nick's is really... Yeah, sorry. <laughs> My other co-host is really <laughs> chiming in quite a bit. I don't know if it feels like active participation to her, but she is trying, absolutely. I think we might lose points later on. Uh, Particip- okay, well, we'll see where we get to that. So members came prepared. Ben, do you feel like we came prepared to engage in discussion by reviewing materials provided prior to the meeting? Yes, I actually do. We both watched the meeting. We were looking for other articles and material. To each did a little bit of research on different topics. I feel good about that. I would put that... Uh, oh, what what number did... You, oh, you gave yourself five last time. I would put that at a four. I, I think I'm going to say there are topics that I was like, oh, yeah, I could have done that a little sooner. I could have sent you the topics that I researched ahead of time. So you knew what I was gonna surprise you with. Yeah, yeah. we actually, we try to do our notes in one document and I, I realized we made two. Oh, okay. So. Well, really, that sounds like we were extra good. We did twice the number of documents we needed. Double the work? Yeah, double the work. might must be a, must be a really productive committee. an eight out of five then. Eight out of five, yeah. <laughs> double the score. Yeah, uh, all right, next question. Members engage in active listening and avoid interrupting other speakers. This is where Nick's is losing <laughs> <laughs> You interrupted my saying Sorry, I was definitely gonna do that. There We're going no for a would- three to a two, Ben. <laughs> it's in that one comment. Oh gosh. So for my silliness, I brought us down to a two? If you're not careful, we might go to a one. Well when I average all <laughs> when I average all the scores down later, then it's gonna come out. Uh, what is active listening, Sam? Active listening is—that's a good question. Like, vi- like very visibly listening, being able to respond to their comments, which actually seems kind of anti-Robert's Rule of Orders in some way. Because you're talking to the chair, not the other person. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. And you're trying not—you're trying to limit your talking on the topic. Right, so maybe some of this, some of, well, I don't know, maybe it's a trick question. If you're like, yeah, we're totally active listening like, I bet you aren't talking to the chair, you lame Chair, sure, I would just like to say, Ben made a great comment right there. Yeah, I was very actively listening to it. I mean, t- to me, when I hear active listening, I think of uh, there's like the theater background, there's like Meisner exercises. And the theory there is that you're really, when you're actively listening, you're actually, you're not just trying to memorize what they said, but you're letting it affect you. Like it's like you're a, a clay a piece of clay and they're imprinting something on you so when another person's talking you're internalizing it sometimes i feel like if i'm actively listening i'll say yeah or in, in agreement with them as they're talking right which would be very counter to the interrupting in some ways or talking out of order that is i see that division among people some people they're kind of concerned you're not listening if you're not talking kind of overlapping ish, like at least with like chiming in agreement and other people, they're like, that's the rudest thing I've ever seen someone do. Mm -hmm. So, uh, maybe that's just a communication style thing you have to be in sync on. Uh, What's the next question? Members offer honest opinions and respect the viewpoints expressed by other members. Uh, I think we demonstrated that in a very good way just now. Uh, So, I would give us, uh, let's see. A four? I feel like there's something, some opinion of yours I disrespected earlier. Oh, you haven't seen the wire. Well, now that you gave it a four, I can say that was obviously a five. No take backs, Ben, but that was kind of a... Really? Okay. Yeah, Yeah. you're just going to question my score. That We could just do a 4.5 and really screw up this scale. We're breaking it right now. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Question five. Members honor city procedures and policies as outlined in city ordinances. I, I'm going to go on a limb here and say we did a five because there are no ordinances on this. As long as there are any ordinances on having curtains on your window, I think we're doing well. Yeah, I think we didn't break any rules we don't know of. So, yeah, I I was, it's a one or a five. Is ignorance a defense, Sam? Is that a valid defense? I think you can use that in court. Okay, I well, didn't know I was breaking the law. We're gonna lean into that. That actually does go contrary to one of our principles. Well, no, you, you we're supposed to admit ignorance. It doesn't say we can't be ignorant. It's admitting we don't know the ordinance, so we're probably, if I had to bet, I'd say it's a five. All right, All right, I'm gonna go, yeah, I think we should go a five. I don't know why I did that one as a committee. That was your answer to give. Uh, okay, give me the next question, hit me. Members represent the collective interests of current and future Madison residents. Man, I'm going to give us a five. I think we're really trying here Yeah. uh, with what we think is in the best interest of people, which is, you know, that's all we can ever do. (laughs) Uh, And then the last question, Sam, on the self-evaled form. Members make decisions based on equity principles considering the decision's impact on all residents. Oh, this is a long question. Are you ready for this multi-part? All right. The decision-making process considers who benefits, who is burdened, Who does not have a voice at the table? How can policymakers mitigate unintended consequences? I know this is the hardest one. It's a multi-part question. How do you deal with that? It has four questions in it. Right. Um, I'd I'd say one of our guiding principles is to try to give, raise other voices. I don't know if when we've done this evaluation, I don't know if we we gave ourselves probably a three on that or four, but. Oh, when we did this, our own evaluation a few episodes a ago. Yeah, I'd, I'd give us a four though. We 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 didn't bring Nick's to the table, but we gave her yeah. food, so we brought her to a table. Honestly, I would think this is a it's a useful thing to think about doing <clears throat> more interviews to get more like you said voices at the table in a very literal way. Yeah. So I think that's a good challenge to us. You know, I I was rolling my eyes about this before Sam, but I kind of think this exercise is not so bad to do occasionally, maybe not every meeting, that seems excessive. I definitely could see it once a month or once a quarter or something. I could see that being very beneficial. Yeah. And people should approach it with uh, irony and entertainment in mind and maybe come away with value. Yeah. Oh, excellent. Okay, well, what what was the motion on this? They, they did not, they also referred this to October, I believe, right? No, I think this was, they, place it on file, and debated with prejudice. With prejudice, all right. I think it was just on file. All right, and interesting. So they did not put it on file with prejudice, they put it on file. Yeah. Was This, the, this must have been the item that had them draw the distinction. Yeah. Okay, so we're going to let this cook a little bit, and it'll probably come back. Got it. I would love to see people just, you know, kind of, put the resource out there and let some people just do it ad hoc like we just did. That seems like it'd be very easy for someone to do. Yeah. All right, Um, then the last items, items 71 and 72. So uh, those are very catchy names, of course, that we can all relate to. So this is the lighting ordinances. Our five principles of responsible outdoor lighting. Yeah, we talked about those before. So this is, it's coming back around. So at the end of the day, They did a good job, staff did a good job of summing it up. You basically, you need to, if you have a higher wattage bulb, so like a 70 watt versus a 40 watt, you need to be covering it, basically. It needs to be shielded. Yeah. You can't just have that sucker, like, point light every which way. You need to be directing it onto your sidewalk or onto your driveway, whatever you're trying to illuminate. Yeah, and if if the top's covered, (laughs) if you add some sort of, Covering the top, if you add fogged glass around it, mm-hmm. all of those would resolve this ordinance. Yeah, like that would kind of shielding. Yeah. And there's also, if you get flagged for this, what they said is they're just going to, it's going to be an educational warning, and then you have 30 days at least to mm-hmm. deal with it. You can buy the lower wattage bulbs anywhere. That's probably the cheapest option if you need to deal with this. You just swap out the bulb. Or you can figure out the shielding. That sounds more expensive, like you're getting a new fixture, basically. Yeah. And although a boss brought up there's like state programs that can get you to swap in LEDs. So they'll roughly pay for it if you're willing to go through the hassle of figuring out how to apply that program. Yeah. So seemed like a small change, but pretty easy to fix. Um, they also said this primarily affects uh, renters. Mm-hmm. So you have some. You could have some covering or some parking lot, which is supposed to be lit at night, yeah, which isn't, or is like too bright, and so it's just kind of having responsibility on landlords to ensure their lighting meets this ordinance. Yeah, because I think like new stuff would already be required to do to do this. Yeah, there's an interesting thing. So there's an ordinance that grandfathered in anything built before 1993, I think. I was barely built before 1993, Sam. Yeah, and so there uh, the Madison Chamber of Commerce wanted anything built between 1993 and now to get grandfathered into this. Okay. And I think the staff's point was, it's such a small change. Yeah. So. Yeah, and but we did talk about it quite a bit. We had a presentation from, I wrote down the, the group. It was the International Dark Sky Program, talking about some of the hazards of Having enlightened skies. I don't know. Yeah, I'm, I'm a bit skeptical of some of their promises. They said we could be a world leader city. Yeah. By being one of thirty eight cities that have adopted their program. <laughs> <laughs> I thought like world leader, I'm like, we're top five at least. Honestly, yeah. I want to get on the ground floor of something. I'm not I'm not interested in being the last one to hop on this dark sky cryptocurrency and yeah, you don't want to be holding the bag at the end of the day. Yeah, promise yeah. give me give me a ribbon for top five not uh, thirty eight. Yeah, yeah, it doesn't does not have the same ring to it. Um yeah. Uh so anything else you wanted to bring up about the uh lighting policy, Sam? Um they brought birds. They brought (laughs) birds. What was the uh, impact on birds? It helps the birds. Okay. Shielding your lights. So oh, okay, so with their navigation? Yeah, a low controversial way to help the birds. Yeah, if you like birds, you want them to navigate to where they want to go. If you don't like birds, you also want them to navigate to wherever they're migrating to, or else they'll stay here. Or if you believe that birds are government drones. Maybe some, don't exist. Yeah, you know? yeah, maybe you don't like this policy. <laughs> yeah, uh, don't help the government drones. Well, that is all the time we have for today, Sam. Uh, I'm letting you know that that's all the time we have had for today. This has been Uncommon Counsel with me. I'm Ben Seidensticker here with Sam West. Have a good night.